Thank you for checking out our podcast today. We hope that the teaching you're about to hear will inspire you and motivate you on your incredible journey in becoming a better you. So please turn your attention to today's message. Uh, this morning's word, um, if, if it's not obvious, now what? Could you say that with me? Now what? You know, and, and as we go into uh, today's teaching, it's going to be a, a real simple one, but it'll be one that's very applicable as we start going into the spring and summer, and uh, we have vacations and holidays and all of those things, and I want to talk to you about what happened from Easter, Resurrection Sunday, what literally happens afterwards? What happens afterwards? And how does this relate to us? You know, what a most memorable week uh, this must have been for uh, these 11 guys, these disciples that were left, um, Jesus's mom, his siblings, and the others that followed Jesus for the past three years. This week, right here, this week that I'm talking about was quite a memorable one. Jesus was a force to reckon with. Uh, Jesus had worked life-defying miracles, and, and he defied religious leaders and religious teachers of law. Jesus drew great crowds everywhere he went, even if it were for a good reason or a bad reason. People were just, they wanted to know about this Jesus guy. And everywhere he went, he drew large crowds. Then Jesus is arrested, brutally beaten. He is flogged to the point of death. He is tried publicly. Then he is executed. Then he is buried by his mom, his family, and friends. And then three days later, somebody say three days. Three days days later, the government sealed and heavily armed guarded tomb is now mysteriously open and the body is gone. Gone. Now what? Now you got to understand, if you ever get a chance, go back into the Gospels and and, and just kind of read all of the barriers that were put in place to ensure ensure that there wasn't some kind of a, um, a, a, some kind of a heist. Uh, by the other disciples and they robbed the body. So what things were put in place to keep that from happening and the body is now missing? How many know that there's uh, nothing typical about that? And here we are. We're going to pick up this story out of John chapter 20 and I'm going to be reading verses 19 through 27. That is the whole context of what I'm going to be talking about today. We're going to read just uh, two verses and then we're going to continue to develop this but the evening of his resurrection Jesus resurrects he made contact with Mary and just a few other women and then he sends a message to the disciples by way of the women love that love that 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 the first women to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ the first people were women women And, and, and so we're going to pick up the story here. And it says, that Sunday, when? That Sunday. That Sunday evening. There's a time there. The Sunday evening, the disciples were meeting behind locked doors, locked doors because they were afraid. 
They were what? Afraid. They were what? Afraid. Pay attention to that closely. They were afraid of the Jewish leaders. Listen, if they did that to Jesus, and Jesus was doing all this miraculous stuff, and they did it to him, we don't want to be part of it, right? Then, then, Suddenly. then what? Suddenly. Then what? Suddenly. Jesus was what? Standing there among them, peace. How many know that's amazing? Peace be with you, he said. Continue. As he spoke, he showed them the wounds and his hands and his side, and they were they were with with when they what saw the Lord. You have, to, you have to take into, you really got to take that into consideration. What has happened from Friday, the beating, the flogging, the arrest, the public embarrassment, the mocking. They saw this man hanging on a, on a cross. They saw him take his last breath. They witnessed They buried the guy. And now he shows up. Peace. Just peace. And then he shows proof. Hey, guys. Peace. Our gatherings cannot and should not all be limited to one same emotion, purpose, and issue. Why did they gather? They gathered out of fear. Somebody say fear. Why did they gather out of what? Fear. fear. Their fear in the gathering turned to what? Joy. It tur- I'm sorry. The scripture's not up. It's okay. You guys are following instructions. Wonderful. Good job. Good job. Stop. Good job. It's a good job. Good job. But it turned to what? Joy. Our gatherings as a church unite us in many, many different ways, especially when we are at odds with the rest of the world. There are times that in our gatherings, we come together in sadness. And then in sadness, Jesus shows up in our gathering. And then that sadness turns to what? Joy. There are times that even in our gatherings, we gather out of anger. There are things that sometimes don't go the way we think they ought to go all around us. And we gather. And then that anger, Jesus shows up and turns to what? Joy. Joy. There are times that we gather even during social unrest. And we're protesting. And we gather in times like that. Jesus shows up. And then we're filled with what? Joy. Joy. The disciples were experiencing fear and they experienced fear together. Somebody say together. Though fear is what brought them together, they experienced, listen, they experienced that fear united. They joined each other to find unity and strength in others during a time of fear. When we gather, we find courage. We find courage in each other in times of fear. You know that when we gather, we can find trust and fulfillment in times of uncertainty. During the pandemic, the shutdown, you cannot imagine some of the stuff that we had to do 
in this ministry during that time. We're talking about 2020. We had no audience. There was no one showing up. It was just about five, six people here. Sunday after Sunday and during the week, trying to put together somewhat, somewhat of a gathering for a Sunday presentation for online. And that time was pretty bizarre. It was bewildering. And many folk during that time withdrew and they took this time to go on different paths. Still, many people stayed the course and they saw value in their church community and family and they became a, life, a lifeline to someone. Whether it was online, whether it was over the phone, whether it was by mail. People found creative ways to stay together. Oftentimes, Becky and I would ask each other, man, what happened to such and such? What happened to this person? We've written letters. We've sent out, uh, we've sent out text and, and postcards and we've sent out emails and we haven't gotten a response. And, and the hard part is that, you know, because we're living in these new times, you can see people's lives online. It's like, well, I mean, I see where you are there, <laughs> but you know, and that's sometimes that's very discouraging and it's not that we're policing people's accounts, but you put your life out there. You put it out there. Oh, look at me. I'm at the Walmart. Look at me. I'm at the mall. Look at me. I'm at the shop. Look at me. I'm here. Look at me. I'm there. Look at me. I'm there. Pastor, no, I can't go to church on Sunday. Why? The pandemic. <laughs> And it was. It was heartbreaking because, like, you're like you're, I, mean, I can see you <laughs> you're there. I mean, you're having a good old time. That's a gathering. And it's heartbreaking because many folk use the pandemic as a and and the 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 politics behind the, the pandemic to detach themselves from their local church and from their local church family. And this is global. This is not just our church. This is listen. This is global. Becky and I, we have talked to many, many friends of ours, pastors that had to shut down their doors during this season. It was the hardest. They couldn't, recoup, they couldn't recover. They couldn't recuperate. It, it was difficult be, be, because there was, there was not just a pandemic um, that was a, a living organism moving about in the world, but there was also a spiritual pandemic that moved across the world and the attack was on our elderly and it was on it was an attack against our gatherings and this is global many churches around the world suffered they suffered from this abandonment from churchgoers and and their attendees who simply just stopped attending a church altogether but you would catch them everywhere else it was insane the mall, the restaurants, the shopping center. Yeah, I mean, people I bumped into the store, and pe I kid you not, it was as if people had seen Jesus resurrect back from the dead when they bumped into me in the store. <laughs> Pastor? Yeah, it's me. And all my glory. <laughs> How you doing? Good to see you. Oh, I'm going to stop on by. I know. I just got, we got to wait all of this for this stuff to settle and the anxiety. I'm like, going, but we're, we're, this is a gathering. Look where we are. 
If you ask Lonnie, Lonnie, who handled our finances during that time, he informed us that we went from 70 people that were financially supporting this ministry, 70 people. We had gone down to under, under 30. From 70 people to under 30 people were financially contributing and sustaining their home church. This was a difficult time. It was scary. Can I, can, did I say scary? It was a scary time. And in times of fear, the disciples, they came together, and as a result, Jesus showed up. Who showed up? Jesus. Shows up, and then he turned the fear to joy. Amen. Amen. Come on. And I'm not here, listen, I'm, I'm here to, to tell you and, and those that are watching us online that, that during those shutdowns, people in the church, found, we found creative ways to come together, to reach out. We had Zooms, phone calls. People were meeting in backyards. People, seriously, trying to keep gatherings, trying to keep people from drifting away. And over and over, we heard story after story about Jesus showing up. Jesus showing up in a backyard, over the phone, Zoom, online, Facebook. There were people that received, during this time, job advancement. During this time, people received job advancement. During this time, people received uh, um, new relationships. Found a husband. <laughs> and that was on Tinder. <laughs> I'm just messing around. I'm just messing around. It's my sister. <laughs> and so, and, so, <laughs> and some, some found a wife. Some got a new life during the pandemic. Others purchased homes during the pandemic. Others, others had children. Where's Brian? He's in the back. He's, he's with the child. During the pandemic, children, investments, businesses, job opportunities, records expunged, credit cards that paid, school loans paid. I mean, we just all stuff was like, listen, miraculous stuff was just happening during this pandemic, I'm telling you, Jesus showed up and we saw him in many areas of our lives during that time. Why? Because we did not run away. We ran to each other during this time of hurt, this time of fear. This is my job, baby. You can't interrupt me. I don't go, I don't go, I don't go to Christiana. I don't go to Christiana and interrupt the operating room. I go, hey, baby, you got to cut right there. Then. I don't. <laughs> family dinners. Listen, family people just got together. And, 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 and listen, the fellowship during this time grew stronger and stronger 
and stronger. And, and Becky, Becky and I were encouraging people, go out, have, try to have dinner together or try to have... And, and there were times, listen, we know of families that because of the restrictions, listen, man, they would meet outside and, and they would meet on one side and the other, the other. But, and it was scary, it was sad, it was unconventional, but it, it was creative. And scripture says, Jesus said that where two or three gather in my name, I show up. I show up. Yes, honey, in those dinners. Yes. Hebrews chapter 10. Listen to, listen to these two scriptures. Let us think of. Wait. Let us think of. Wait. Let us think of. Wait. Come on, guys. Wake up. Let us think of what? Wait. Ways to motivate. One to motivate. One another to acts of love and good work. Next. And let us not neglect our, our meeting together as some people do. But encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. Look to the person next to you and say, I need you. I need you. All right, single guys, don't take advantage of that one. My, my gathering time with my church family isn't just for me. But my gathering time with my family on a Sunday is about someone else. Let me say that again. My gathering time on a Sunday is not just about me. And it's not even for me, but it's about someone else. There are times that I may have the right words that are needed for one of my broken brothers and sisters. That, that it, could, it, could make, it could make the difference between life or death. One word. Listen, one word. One hug, one embrace, one handshake or air, or air whatever. High five, air high five, whatever. It, it just, that look. My goodness, I remember you guys, you guys shocked me and did a surprise drive-by birthday party for me. Um, that was, that was, that was. emotional. Man, and I sat there and, and, and I just saw family after family after family and the kids and, and they were running out and giving me cards and notes and things. And I just sit, sat there and I'm thinking like, this is insane. This is not normal. But the body was still meeting. The body was still coming together. It, there, was, there was hurdles, but the body was just finding a way. Man, let me tell you, when two or three gather, he shows up. And over and over, we saw, we saw families come together to do housewarming uh, functions and to have um, 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 bridal showers and to have baby showers and, and, the, and man showers. <laughs> Angela, is that a thing? <laughs> Angela, like, I ain't doing that one. <laughs> but listen, you, you never know what husband is observing you so that that husband may learn something. You, you never know when we come together, there's a wife that's observing. There's a, there's a son, there's a daughter that is listening. Verse 21, again, he said, peace be with you. 
As the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. He's talking to the disciples, Jesus. Then he breathed on them and he said, receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone's sins, they are forgiven. If you don't forgive them, then they're not forgiving. Now, the Bible says that they were able to tell the one who was missing. There was one in that meeting that I just finished talking about who was missing. And they were able to tell them what they saw and what they had experienced. They were testifying. Somebody say testifying. Testifying. That is to tell someone what you have saw, what you have experienced by way of Jesus. They were telling others what they had experienced during his absence. If you go with me to verse 24 of that same story, verse 24, one of the disciples, Thomas, nicknamed the twin, the tw- see, look, back even, even back there, they had nicknames. We're going to call you the twin. And they called him the twin. He was not with the others when Jesus came. How many know you missed a big day? Could you imagine the one day that Jesus shows up and you're not there? And now you got to hear from everybody else. How many know that sucks? Man, how do you how do you deal with that? I know everybody here. Everybody here has experienced not being in a place where some good stuff happened or some good news. You know what I'm talking about? Like, like when did that happen? Oh, you should have been there. Oh, you should have been there. You, uh, I missed it. Nah, you had to be there. I, I just can't even explain it. You know what I'm talking about, right? Yes. So, so, so he said, verse 25, they told him, we have seen the Lord. And then he replied, I won't believe it unless I see the nail wounds in his hands, put my fingers into them. And place my hand into the wound in his side. That's what he said. How, how many know that that sounds like he was a, a bit upset? He was a bit, he was a bit upset. I ain't believing y'all. Y'all just joking. We saw, no, I ain't going to believe it. I got I to see it for myself. The, the reason that we're, we're adamant about getting together, coming together on a Sunday after a Sunday, in these meetings on a Sunday... It's because we don't want anyone to miss Jesus' visitation. Amen. Jesus shows up. He's right here right now. Amen. Moving about, touching, healing, restoring, answering prayers. Right now, healing hearts, healing relationships. In our gathering. And I like this verse because this verse is kind of like a two-part. Because I believe that Thomas's wording here, Thomas's wording here was very authentic. And it was genuine. And, and I, don't, I don't take it as, as, as a criticism. I don't say it as a criticism. You know, I think that despite his wording, he was still being authentic. Because he wanted the right to share his story about his experience with Jesus. And what I mean is that, you know, we should all want to have our very own experiences about Jesus and not experiencing Jesus through someone else's story. And here is Thomas and Thomas is listening to all of these guys say, this was our story and this is what we saw and this is what we witnessed and he wasn't there. He missed it. And there's nothing wrong with that. 
Thomas told the rest of the disciples, I want my own experience. I hear what you're saying, but I still want my own experience. My story will most definitely be different than Deanna's story. My experience with Jesus is going to differ from Will's story and, and, and the Reese's and Nadia's. My, my story is going to be different. My experience is different. You hear me over and over talk about my marriage, my marriage, my marriage, my marriage, my marriage, my marriage. Listen, your experience with Jesus is not going to be sustained on the story and the experience of my marriage. You have to have your own. Are you following that? So I'm not serving Jesus because of what he has done in someone else's life. I am serving Jesus because what he has done in my life. So when, when I talk to somebody else about Jesus, I'm not talking to them based on just a Sunday experience, but it's based on what he has done in our marriage. 32 years now, right, honey? 32 years. Are we going 32 or are we 33? 33 years. 33 years of, of marriage. And, and when I look around at my family and I look at all the stuff that they're doing in ministry and the stuff that they're doing in their life, when I see pictures of them walking and eating pizza when they shouldn't be eating pizza because, you know, we, 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 we have a whole family, you know, weigh-in that we're trying to do to watch our weight and stuff. And, but they post stuff. On, again, they post it on, look, I'm eating pizza. I'm like going, okay, bobo, you're showing it. That was Tanamundo, yeah. It's so funny because we're trying to watch our, our weight, and so we do a weigh-in. Every, every week we do a weigh-in after service. We're going to go and weigh-in, and um, just to try, we're just trying, to, just trying to live a little better, you know? And they go out. They didn't tell us. They went out, and they're having carbs, and they got caught by a whole news company. A whole news media show up. Big cameras like this. And like, they were on Telemundo. Out of all news, you know, media, Telemundo. And, um, but, but when I see these guys having, a, having peace and having love in their homes and, 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 having, and then sharing their gospel, the gospel of Jesus with their friends and their families and, and on and on, Becky and I are home now in 33 years. I could still, I, I still look back and I go, Satan, you're a liar. You tried to rob us of all of this stuff that God saw for us and yet planned for us. And he was trying to destroy that. Had we had given up in our marriage, listen, he would have won all of none of this. Listen, you wouldn't have been here today. Think about that. So my story is my story. That's my experience. And just like Thomas, you may have missed what God has done and and, and probably in, in my life or in the life of someone else. Because probably you've grown a little distant. And you've been away. You've been probably a little discouraged. And Thomas spoke with a sincere heart. Now, what I like is that, that, that no one in the room, no one in the room pointed a finger in judgment to tell Thomas that he was out of place. Thomas said, I won't believe until I touch it, until I see, until I experience this. No one in the room said, you are going to hell. 
heathen, how could you? We're telling you. What? No. Everyone in the environment supported Thomas, even at his lowest. Thomas was in an environment where he was not intimidated to be transparent. He was not, he was not intimidated to be vulnerable. In the environment in which he was in, he had enough confidence in the gathering that he was able to say, this is a low point in my life. Our gatherings are to be that. We too ought to feel the same way when we gather. My church family and my home family should foster and cultivate an environment Sunday and after Sunday, an atmosphere where I too can be as vulnerable as I can be and transparent, show my fears and have no condemnation, no judgment, no matter who's in the room. We've had guys come in here broke and busted, dragged their butts right in through here, and they just had the worst week of all. Don't even want to be here. And they just drag themselves, and they sit on a chair, plop down, and you look at them, and you're like going, that's okay. This is, this is the place to do it. This is why we gather. In your weakness, in your weakness, we're strong. We're going to strengthen you. And Thomas felt this. Somebody say eight days later. Eight days later. Verse 26. Check this out. Eight days later. The disciples were together. Again. They were what? Together again. So this is, this, is, this, is, this is a routine. The gathering was a routine. Are you following me? Yes. All right. It was a routine. They were gathering. Again. How many, how many know how many know that if you saw Jesus that way, you're going to meet? I don't know what we did. I don't know what that formula was. Where were you sitting? Sit, sit right there. You do this. What were you wearing? Wear that again. What were you eating? Eat that again. But you're trying to recreate the experience. And the Bible says that they were all together again. And this time, <laughs> what happened? Thomas was with them. Thomas is like, oh, I missed the first one. I ain't missing this one. You know, and we do this in each other's lives. Whatever this Sunday was like, whatever this gathering was like, it's so special. And you know what? Whatever happened at that, that, that Easter service, I don't want to. I, I, I want to be there again. I want to experience that. So eight days later, Thomas is with them, and the doors were locked. But suddenly, somebody say suddenly. Suddenly, as before. Listen, same thing. They, were, they met together. Now, the first time they met out of fear. You remember? Yes. It was fear. But now they met again. It doesn't say that they were meeting because of fear. Jesus is now standing among them. And again, peace be with you. Can I tell you something about his peace? I, this is not even in there. You know, his, his peace is not like the peace that we talk about. Peace. No. Oh. Do you know that Jesus didn't die on a cross just for your sin and Jesus didn't die on a cross just for your health? But the Bible says that he died for your peace. The Bible calls him the prince of peace. And the Bible says that he gives a peace that surpasses all understanding. And that's the peace that he leaves us. Not like the world leaves us. He said, I give you my peace. 
So Jesus walks into this room, and in this room, now he gives them his peace. Peace be with you, he said. Then he said to Thomas, who is he talking to? You look to the one that was missing, put your finger here. Look at my hand. Put your hand into my wound and my side. Don't be faithless no longer. Believe. Now, before we get all self-righteous and critical about Thomas, and we jump on a bandwagon, yep, no faith. Doubting Thomas is what he was. That's what we, we still call, we still, that's what we, we to this day, we call Thomas Doubting Thomas. But you know else? You know what? In that room, Nathaniel was there. And Nathaniel was the same one who had, who had said, who had said nothing good is going to ever come out of Nazarene. He was there in that room. Philip was there. Philip is the one that told Jesus, could you show us the dad? And like, bro, I've been, you've been with him so long. James and John were there. You know, James and John were doing while, while Jesus is, is preparing the Last Supper and he's talking about what's about that. They were arguing about who is going to have the highest place in the kingdom. You know who else was in that room? Peter. Peter had denied Jesus three times. So we could point fingers at Thomas, but all of these jacked up people were in the same room. Just like I'm saying to you. Listen, man, you are no better off than the the person that's next to you. I don't care what success you may claim to have. We're all suffering something. We're all suffering something. We're all struggling through something. Over and over, what we find is that the disciples themselves had dropped, they had dropped the ball before. They were literally with Jesus, uh, Jesus, and, 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 and here it is, the, 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 for three years, they spent with him. And, and they, they dropped the ball. They ate with Jesus. They slept with Jesus. They saw him. They witnessed the miracles. They saw him bring people back from, from the dead. And they still dropped the ball. So listen, you're going to do it too. You're going to mess up every once in a while. But don't stop. Don't run from the gathering. Run to the gathering. But because of Thomas's persistent, that spirit of persistence to want to see and experience for himself, he was driven not to miss any of these opportunities to have a Jesus encounter. And it paid off. Listen, it, pay, it paid off. I, I want to leave you with these calls of action. As we begin the spring and the summer, listen, it's beautiful outside. George said to me, we was drinking, uh, and, um, uh, uh, coffee in the uh, Nexus, and George said to me, "Oh, it's going. It's nice out there. It's beautiful out there." And he said, "It's going to be a light one today." <laughs> and I wanted to punch him physically, but I did it in my spirit. <laughs> Stop speaking that over our church, our ministry. But but I get it because he gets it. We have been we have been enclosed and isolated for two years. It's weird now, man, to, to, to walk around into some places and not wear a mask. We don't know what to do anymore. Somebody coughs in a room and we all just want to jump out of a window. It's, it's, it's. Am I the only one? I'm serious. 
The whole room stops. The whole room. You could be in a restaurant, music in the background, there's the DJs in the back, and one person. It's this, this paranoia. We have been enclosed and isolated, and, and I, 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 summer's coming. We go outside, and we just want to go, 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 go. Does anybody, does anybody really appreciate being outside a little more this time around? Just a, a little more? I'm the first one to tell you. I want you. Listen, I want you to go on vacation. I, I, I told my, I despise the past. I wanted nothing to do with the beach. Like I can't. I don't have a body for the beach. I don't even care. I am. I can't wait. I can't. You're gonna see pictures of your pastor. I'm telling you. I'm, I'm telling you, I'm going to enjoy this uh, Speedos. I'm going to be out there, and it's just going to be great. Uh, it's going to be great. It's going to be beautiful. I'm just going to show the world how happy I am to be outside. And to... Rob, you with me? He's like, nope. <laughs> he said, you lost me at Speedos. <laughs> Man, I want you to go on vacation. I want you to go away and spend time together. Plan to be away. But don't forget your local church. Don't forget your gathering. I need you. Just like you need me. We need each other. We just need each other. And there, there are times, there are times you're not going to have the right words to say to anybody, but just, just to be in their presence and to hold them and just to, to hold a hand and just to, just to embrace someone, to write someone a little note to say, I'm thinking about you, to drop off a plant. Uh, tomorrow's George's birthday and, and um, he... he George, George is a weird friend. He's one of these weird friends. George drop by, he'll, drive, he'll drive by my house and drop stuff off at my door. And he, he forces me to think about him. You know what I'm saying? You're forced to... Like, you know, how many know that you walk outside and there's a gift for you at the doorstep? Man, you got to think. I'm like, man, now I got to give him something. You know? And, and, and it, sometimes it's a plant, sometimes it's food, and um, sometimes it's just a phone call. But he's, it's not just George. It's many of you guys. Look, Vaughn, checking up on me, calling me. What's up, man? How you doing? You good? Like, no, actually, I've, I've had an off day. Tell me about it. We need each other. Listen, I need my brothers. No, I'm not kidding. I need my brothers. And we got to check up on each other. Check each other. You know, check the climate. Is everything okay? Family's good? You guys okay? Financially, you guys all right? Is everything well? Everything that we need, everything that we need is in our gatherings. 
Wherever we gather, Jesus shows up and he turns our fear to joy, our anxiety to joy, desperation, joy, whatever it is. Why? Because when he shows up, he brings his peace. So let me give you these one, two, three, four, five, six. I want to give you these calls to action and then you can go outside and man, cook, grill, make some, just go outside and breathe. You know what I'm saying? Just, just enjoy this time. Number one, you weren't designed to do life alone. You were not designed to do life alone in a way. Are, are you listening to me? Amen. Guys, if, if, if you see a hubby, wives, if you see a hubby who's just doing too much time alone, you need to ask him, hey, are you okay? Yep. I, I've observed that this month I haven't seen you talk to such and such, or I haven't seen you go out, or I haven't seen you make a phone call. Is everything okay? Help your husband be, a, you know, men, we hide stuff. We suppress. And, and we... we you know, we, we need each other too. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 3. I'm just going to read this. It's not up there. But make every effort to keep yourselves united in the spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. Make every effort. I know we have online services. I just watch service online. It's not the same. I'm telling you, it's not the same. It is a way but it's not the same. Man, I, we, we need each other. So you weren't designed to do life alone. Number two, you have spiritual gifts that I need. You have spiritual gifts that I need. Romans chapter 12, verse 4. Just as our bodies have many parts and each part has a special function. You have a special function in his body that I need, that we need. I need Corey. Corey needs me. Yes. Anna. Where's Anna? Right there. Anna. Anna reminds me. <laughs> She's constantly reminding me. Hey, you missed me. Hey, what's going on? I missed you. Hey, checking up on each other. That's what we do. Becky holds her accountable, and, and, and you hold Becky accountable. And it's like, hey, we, we just, you know, because you guys work together. That's a beautiful thing. You know, I do a morning prayer at, at, at um, 6.30. Yeah, that's for the people that, that show up. <laughs> you know what time it is. Others, you know, it is what it is. And if you're a pastor, I'm going to make one of them. I've, I've already done 78 of them. Done 70 and I'm going on day, day 80 soon. But, but listen, but listen, and it's a 12, it's a 12 minute, 12 minute moment of prayer, devotional, and a scripture reading. And it's a beautiful thing to see how many people come up just to encourage each other. Just encouraging each other to start off their day that way. You have a spiritual gift that someone else needs. Oh, I love this one. Number three. Are you ready? Number three. You are someone's answered prayer. You are someone's answered prayer. The, the job that someone is looking is right here. The, the job that someone's looking for is right here. The, 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 the house that someone's looking for, right here. And whatever, listen, it's right here. It's in your gathering. Um, where's, uh, where's Mr. Paul? 
Somebody drag Mr. Paul out here. Drag Mr. Paul out here. Yeah, now I'm going to get whatever color I want because they're all should be. It's a test. It's a test. Look, look, he's scared back there. Come on, man. Get up on here. Come on, let's give Paul a hand. Yeah, yeah. I checked my zipper before I came up here. First thing, guys. Just saying. It's a life lesson. Okay, so uh, I don't know what I'm doing up here. Well, I mean, I, I know I'm all here on the fly. I just came up with that, yeah. So, they just got that one? <laughs> so, um, you, just, you were just blessed with a job. Recently. I was, yeah. What happened? So, you know, I, I had another job. It was a new job, and um, it was hard, and, and I just wanted to keep at it. <coughs> oh. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry, yeah. I really wasn't, you know, I would have brought cough drops if I was going to be up here speaking. <coughs> so, um... So yeah, so I got a new job. I'm no, sorry, this, this, this church is, is tagged up. <laughs> this is my job, and that was my other job. So, so yeah, I just had a hard time with that job. Like, it was just hard. Like, and, and, and it robbed you, it robbed away from the time with your family. Man, it was, um, and you know, and I, I really, it, it did, but you know, I always, I always still try to look at that positive stuff. Like, hey, I got a job, I prayed for a job, I had this job, it, it was providing you know, so yeah, they did those things. I, I was still trying to look at the positives, but yeah, you did. But in all honesty, yeah, like just I worked eleven thirty to eight, came home, the kids were like, it's just, it's just there was no family time, and you couldn't even participate sometimes in the church. Man, stuff. that was hard. Like I like when you guys um, if you guys were here for the Christmas Eve service, I wasn't even sure if I was gonna be here for that. Like I was here because not a lot of people were calling Bank of America saying. You know, hey, my credit card got scammed. You know, there was a lot, there weren't a lot of people calling, so I was able to come. So I was able to come. So when you saw me run in here out of breath, I actually was out of breath because <laughs> you know, just all running around. So you know, I'm like, you know, it's hard. Like, just you know, miss church things. Like, like my heart right now is to Anthony right now. Like, I know he's got a really rough schedule, and like, you know, Anthony, if you're listening, hang in there, man, because. Uh, Ah, uh, yeah. And I'm gonna, there's, a, there's something that, that Rebecca, Rebecca, Becky told me that I really held on to. Stop. And she says, stop. 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 Did, hold on. Are, are you getting this already? Look, one person, one word, I held on to it. Go ahead. I'm just going to be your little Wayne here. I'm going to be just, just, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just side. So right? she said, like, this is a season. It's not forever. So, you know, I'm just hanging in there. And, um. You know, I started training like, like I, I started training into something different work, and man, my performance just dropped. And I was like, oh, man, this stops hard. My my mind is already okay. Let me go back to working two jobs again here and there, just wherever. And you know, I never try to complain because you know I just wanted to hang in there because like 
Like I just, I just so many you know good words I have heard. Like you, when you're in a tunnel, it's not dark forever, is it? Hmm. I mean, it's dark. I mean, tunnels are dark. Okay, but what's happening? What's happening in the tunnel? Yeah, hoping that your vehicle didn't stop. Mm. Or maybe you met maybe uh, maybe daylight. They remember you really got stuck in the tunnel. <laughs> so we're not talking those examples. People don't know what that movie is. Yeah. <clears throat> so anyway, yeah, you know, so I just ha- I just hang in there, you know. And um, so like literally, like what happened is I'm in training. Like one of those days, I was like, I need, I can't do this anymore. And um. And, like, the next day, like, Jemida texts, like, my wife's like, is Paul looking for a job? I mean, I was, but I didn't tell anybody, you know? So I just applied for it. Still kept doing my job. Where do you just, know, where do you know Jemida from? Uh, where do you know Jemida from? Well, we go way back. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Well, you don't know Jemida? No, no, we're going to stop there. We're going to stop there. No, we're going <laughs> to... I mean, how long have you know Jemima? No, no, <laughs> He's like, yeah, I know Jemima my whole life. Note to, note to self, never call Paul up again. <laughs> All right. Yeah, so anyway. So then Jemima calls. She, she sends yeah, a text. Yeah, she just sends Patty a text, and she told me a few things. I submitted a resume, but I still kept working at my job because I didn't want to quit my job. No, you don't do that. Because, man, another thing, too, Papu said this. Right? It's too late to quit. There's another word that's just talking with me too, right? Because you know when you quit, the payoff is instant, correct? But what happens when you quit? What's your backup plan? You need to quit. It's like, okay, well now it's like when you quit school, it's like, okay, well now what? I mean, so I was hanging in there. All these words, I was just hanging on and like, Never really thought about it until you came. You know, brought me, asked me to come up here and start speaking about it. You know, and um, so so I, again, I'm staying at my job. I'm just I'm focusing on that, just trying to do my best because I'm still trying to do my best. And there were some other words that also I don't know if I came up with it or if I saw it somewhere or if I twisted it, but you know, it was kind of like um, and I had this on my screen all the time. It was like, do your very best. And God will do the rest. And uh, I really think, I, I just held on to that because, you know, like, I felt bad as a Christian because, like, you start worrying and you're like, I shouldn't be worrying because when you worry, you feel like you're not trusting God. Yes. So, like, I was like, I shouldn't worry. I can't worry because if I'm worrying, I'm saying, God, you're like this big, you're in my pocket, or mm. you can't do this. And I'm just like, I got to just stop worrying. We all worry, you know, it's just it's not good. <clears throat> so I had a guilt with that too. So anyway, um, you know, like a month later. She might have the text, the uh, resume. Yeah, a month later I got I got like the I got the job offer. And I was like, I was like, I got the job? He's like, yeah, I was like, I wasn't even interviewed. Well, like, yeah, you got the job. And I was like, Wow. This is fantastic. You know, just like <laughs> you know, and I'm and I'm really, I'm really thankful for the job at Bank of America. It just wasn't for me. You know, yeah. just people, people do well there. It just, yeah. but, but it's, it it's, it's not what you need it. It's not what you want it. And what you have now, mm-hmm. you said, you said this, and, and, and you said, I, I, I believe it. I didn't think it was real. 
yeah, like it just it just fell in my lap, you know, because when I was looking for a job, and I was looking for months. Yep, remember months, and I just couldn't get a job, you know, like so. It's kind of like when this church just fell in your lap. Yeah. You know, you weren't looking for a church. No. Well, you know, I'm sorry. You weren't, you weren't looking for a building. A building, yeah. Good. good. This, this just good. fell in your lap. Yeah. And this job just fell in my lap. Yeah. Amen. And really, if you want to go even farther, my wife fell in my lap too. Like it's just well, I was man. looking for her either. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so. Uh, <laughs> well, I, I'm just a different. Well, I'm still. I'm still keeping this family friendly. I wasn't trying to be funny with that one. <laughs> So I guess the lesson here is, you know, just trust God and he'll give it to you. All right. You know? All right. Thank you. So, pa- so Pastor, you can have a seat. I'll, I'll continue the rest. Okay? <laughs> so, uh, all right. Yeah. All right. Well, no, you know, sometimes I do joke a lot, but, you know, I, there was a lot of truth to what I said. So, uh, I don't know. Is that all? Is that That's all? it. That's it. That's it. Love you, man. Yeah, love you, man. <laughs> And you guys, you know, you guys are a great support team too. Once you guys know that, like, you know, like you I don't said, even like, know, you don't even know what we're preaching about, talking about, right? You don't even I, know. I mean, I, I wasn't really listening. <laughs> so, you know, you're so. you're back there. Yeah, 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 I wasn't listening. So, um, so, yeah. so anyway, so my point is, you are someone's answered prayer. All right. So, Will, it's not about you. It's about me. Okay, I'm just saying. It was... All right, Paul, get out of here. Okay. <laughs> All right, guys. Oh, my goodness. You don't want to miss uh, Two Are Better in May 27th, 8th. We're going to have a comedy night, and uh, Paul's going to be with us, and uh, he's going to be on. But um, you are someone's answered prayer. Number four, we need accountability. Hey, listen. Wives, you want to bring your husbands here. Why? Because we we are going to hold your husband accountable. We're going to, what happened? That's why you send David here. That's right. We're going to hold him accountable. We're going to check on. Hey, man, everything's good at the, at the, at the front, home front. We, we check on each other. And and that's uncomfortable at times, but we hold each other accountable. Galatians chapter 6, verse 1. Dear brothers and sisters, if any... Let me take this off now. Sorry, talking about coughing. (laughs) If another believer, if another believer is overcome by sin, you who are godly should gently and humbly help that person back onto the right path. We hold each other accountable. We don't criticize. We don't point fingers. We come together in this setting, in this atmosphere, so that we can hold each other accountable. I need to be held accountable. I'm not divine. I'm jacked up too. That's why I tell people, don't, don't, don't put your faith in me. I am messed up. You know, I'm just, you know, uh, Be- Becky holds me accountable. We hold each other accountable. But, but I'm not divine. So we need to get here. Wives, for the entire month of wives and, and, and young, um, whether you're, you're married or divorced or go, whatever you're going through, you don't want to miss Women's Month and everything that they're doing here for, for, for the month of, of women. 
um, for flourish. I think that's the, the whole theme is flourish. You don't want to miss it. And it's not about getting together and just doing girly things. No, it's not about that stuff. No, man, you guys are encouraging each other. Why? Because we, I, I, need, I need that strength from you all as women, the power that you have, that authority, that strength that you have. Men need it. We need it. Fellas, do we need it? Yeah. We need it. And in May, starting on Wednesday nights, in May, first Wednesday, bare knuckles, right back at it. Right, right back at it, man. Just hold each other accountable. T- Luis, is, is, is everything fun and games just with us every single time? No. We hold each other accountable. Hey, man, you're out of line. Man, you're out of step. You treating her good? You sure? You sure? Yeah, you need to give her more money. You need to give her more money. Yes, right? <laughs> no, no, but, but we hold each other. We have to hold each other accountable. To will, the same thing, man. We have conversations. You're out of line, you're out of line. We strengthen each other. Mike, you, 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 you got it, right, Mike? Look, thumbs up. Yeah, Jordan, you want to keep him? You want to get him here? Push him here. David soft clap. Yeah. Number five, and I'm wrapping this up. That's why he's clapping. Number five. We need consistent spiritual nourishment. You're not going to survive on just one word alone, but of every word that comes out of God's mouth. First Corinthians chapter three, verse two. I had to feed you with milk, not with solid food, because you weren't ready for anything stronger because you are st- you, you still aren't ready. You're babies. We need nourishment. We need each other. Wednesday night, Dr. Reese, yes. they, have a, they have their small group here. Yes. Purpose-driven life. Yes. Well, Pastor, I don't know what's going are you, are you? Listen, man, we got prayers in the morning, doing something on Wednesdays. We're here on Sundays. Man, man, we're doing what we can do. Thank you. So number five, we need consistent spiritual nourishment. And last, last, lastly, stand to your feet. When you are away from the flock, you become more susceptible to the schemes and the snares of the enemy. That's why the sheep are always together. All the predators, they don't attack the flock. They attack the one that strays away. You, you, you. In, 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 in this season that we're in, we cannot risk to be, to be lone rangers, to be solos, to be uh, silos. I'm sorry, that's the word I wanted to use, silos. We, 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 we need each other. And I want to encourage you, this year in 2022, whatever your vacations are, whatever your trips are, be sure that you still have a consistent, consistent track record in your attendance with your gathering, with your family, your church family. Don't drift away. You know, there are people that are old every year. They're still catching up and trying to catch up and trying to catch up and trying to catch up. They miss the visitations. 
So I want to encourage you, husbands and wives, have these conversations. Hey, man, that's, seven, that's going to be seven, eight services that we're going to miss in the year. Do you, anybody remember the number I gave you? Anybody remember the number I gave you of how much time we spend collectively in church in one year? Anybody remember that? Huh? 52 hours? And 52 hours, what would that, what would that, if that's accumulative in days, what would that be? 52 hours. Think about that. Huh? Think about that. That's what it is. Thank you again for checking out our podcast. If you would like to find information about who we are or how to donate so that we can keep doing what we're doing, please check us out at www.scarletnotes.org. See you next time.